It's Thursday, September 3rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and it's just me today. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, I thought you were on vacation. What are you doing? I was enjoying the peace and quiet. Uh, sorry to disappoint you. I came back a little early, and uh, I'll tell you why, and I'll get to the investing part of all of this, I promise. But I, I do hope that you have taken the opportunity to check out some of the other Motley Fool podcasts. Uh, David Gardner just taped a new episode of Rule Breaker Investing, his favorite five stocks right now. I haven't listened to that one yet, but I, I have downloaded it, so that's going to be part of my weekend. Industry Focus, which is our other daily podcast, has has very much been on top of what the market's been doing the past couple of weeks and and looking at stocks that are all of a sudden a bargain. And Motley Fool Answers just had Morgan Housel on to talk about surviving a bear attack. Of course, that is a bear market attack. So again, I hope hope you had the chance to check these out. And if not, maybe give them a listen over the weekend. So did I come back because the last two weeks have been a bit of a roller coaster ride? That's part of it, uh, but that is not the main reason. The main reason is that, like the analysts and advisors who join me in the studio, when I go on vacation, I find that I can't completely shut off the business part of my brain. So I wanted to share a couple of things from my time in Northern California, but I have to start by thanking a couple of listeners for their unsolicited suggestions of things to do. Uh, Tobin Anthony in Great Falls, Virginia, who suggested biking the Golden Gate Bridge, which uh, my family and I did. It was amazing and worth the effort. And when I say worth the effort, I'm referring specifically to the amount of pain that my legs felt because I do not own a bicycle and I do not bike. And so, uh, but it was worth the pain. It's it's an amazing structure and with some amazing views. And thanks also to Paul Nolan of Minneapolis, Minnesota, who suggested checking out the Bixby Bridge and lunch at Nepenthe, which is down in the Monterey area. Uh, just absolutely gorgeous. And one of the quotes from the family vacation was one of my daughters saying, why is the Pacific Ocean so much cooler than the Atlantic? I didn't have a good answer for that, but it really does seem like it is. Last but not least, I have to thank Steve May. Steve is the chief technology officer at Pixar Animation, and he was kind enough to take time out of his busy schedule to show me and my family around his place of employment. And selfishly, I got to say, I scored some serious dad points for that one. So, and, and if you're a parent, you know what that means. You know, you know exactly what that means. So, I, I figured that buys me maybe another week or so of, of, of credibility with my children. But, but thank you for that, Steve. Um, but also, as an investor and as a shareholder of the Walt Disney Company, which owns Pixar Animation, I was really struck by the collaboration that goes on, not just at Pixar Animation, but also throughout the Disney studios. At Pixar, the craftsmanship that appears to go on at every single level, regardless of the job, is just incredible. And it is one of those things that makes you feel better as an investor. Also, as a film goer, 
It, it, it's, I mean, because if you've seen any of Pixar's films, they're phenomenal. It's nice to, uh, maybe nice isn't the right word, but it's um, illuminating to see the amount of work that goes into it, the years of work that go into it. And it, it truly is five to seven years that goes into each one of these films. I know that the market has sold off shares of Disney over the last month. I know that because I'm a shareholder. Uh, about a month ago, it was trading north of $120 a share, and now it's just north of $100 a share. And I know it's a huge company with the TV division, the theme parts, etc. But I can only say that based on what I learned, I am even more optimistic about the future of the Walt Disney Studios division and the company in general. So, thank you again to Steve May for for very generously taking his time. Also on this trip, I had my first college visit in 30 years. 30 years ago, I was looking at colleges. Uh, now my oldest is looking and we went to Stanford University uh, for her first visit. And I'm going to come back to Stanford in a minute. Um, Let's talk about the market, though. So the market fell, if I have this number correct, and I like to think I do, 6.3% in the month of August. And I have to go back to the very first episode we did in the month of August. And I don't know if you, if you pay attention to this sort of thing, but we, we name every episode. And the name of the episode that we did on August 3rd, which was the first episode in August, the name that we gave to that one was, Don't Freak Because It's August. And if you listen to that one, you know one of the things we talked about was how August over the last few years has been very much a, a, a volatile month for investors. In 2014, uh, uh, it was uh, up nearly 4%. Nobody complains about volatility when the market's going up, but it was up around 4%. 2013, it was down a little more than 3%. And 2011, it was down almost 6%. And so, one of the things we talked about was, look, whatever happens this month, try not to freak out. And I realize now, thinking back on that, that I made a mistake during that episode. And while we did sort of warn you not to freak out because it's August, one of the things I realized now that I, I didn't do, and I apologize for this, is that I forgot to emphasize just how hard that is to do. I think it's easier for us here in this building because we're all in the same place. We can gauge each other's reactions. So it's easy for me to talk to our analysts outside this studio and sort of get their sense of what's going on. And it's harder for you, because you've got your life, you've got whatever job you're working, or maybe you're retired, or you're raising a family, or you're going to school. And by the way, if you are going to school, um, for all the high school, college, and grad students who are listening, hope the start to another school year is going as smooth as possible. Um, but again, the check on your emotions. That part, that's harder the more isolated you are from investors who have a long-term mentality. And so, if you're isolated 
or certainly more isolated than we we are here in this building, then it's easy to get sort of swept up in what's happening on CNBC or the headlines that you read online or the Twitter feed or the newspaper, if you actually subscribe to a printed newspaper. It's really easy to get caught up in that. Um, and it got me thinking of uh, the, the great and famous Rudyard Kipling poem, If. Um, I don't know a lot of poems, but that's, that's one that, uh, for some reason, stands out in my mind. It's a poem that Kipling wrote to his son, and it was basically his way of saying to his son, look, life is a bit of a challenge, and if you can do the following things, you're going to be fine. Um, uh, I always remember the ending, uh, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, then yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. And the first line, that's the ending of the poem, but the beginning of the poem is really uh, tailor-made for investors like us. Because the opening to that poem is, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. And that's what it's like when the market tanks more than 6% in one month. There are a lot of people around you. Maybe some of them are your friends. Maybe not. Maybe they're just people that you encounter, again, on TV or online, and they really seem like they're losing their heads. And it's really hard not to get caught up in that. So, I promise you that the next time we have this type of conversation, I'll do my best to remember to emphasize that piece of it, because I did forget that. I forget that it's, it's really hard the more isolated you are. Let me go back to Stanford for a second. Um, my daughter's a rower, so as in addition to taking the tour at Stanford, we uh, sought out and found the Stanford Boathouse. I knew that Stanford had a rowing program. I knew it was a a good college rowing program. I didn't realize how good. Um, There have been more Stanford University rowers in U.S. Olympic gold medal winning boats than any other college program in the country. Uh, Almost every Olympics, every summer Olympic team uh, for the last, I want to say, 60 years or so, almost every summer Olympic team has had either a man or a woman from Stanford rowing in one of those boats. And when you go into the boathouse, which is gorgeous and impressive and befitting a program of that stature, there's a quote on the wall from Kent Mitchell, who rowed for, uh, he, he was part of the rowing team in the, in the 60s, uh, won Olympic medals in 1960 and 1964. And the quote from him is, the tradition on these walls, uh, in Stanford's Olympic tradition, what has been handed down to the current generation by others who came before you and trained on these same quiet bay waters, it is all here for the taking by anyone brave enough to dream, audacious enough to risk loss and achieve victory, and daring enough to commit to perfection. And it's that last part that got me thinking about not just investing in general, but investors and what we do. Because the fact of the matter is that when you look around the world, only about 7% of people around the world invest directly in stocks. Let me say that again. Only about 
plenty of people in mutual funds through our 401k plan or thrift savings if you're in one of those programs or pension plans, that sort of thing. Yes, absolutely. But in terms of what we do, investing directly in stocks, only about 7% of the people around the world do that. And so that quote really stood out to me because I thought, well, yes, I'm sure that's true of the rowers at Stanford, but it's also true about people who invest directly in stocks. Because whether you feel like it or not, if you're listening right now, you are part of those few who are audacious enough to risk loss to achieve financial victory. What we do is not easy, because if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. It's not easy. The emotional part is not easy. It's one of the reasons The Motley Fool exists as a business, and it's one of the reasons we come into this studio, is to try and help make things just a little bit easier. Um, And part of that is the emotions. The markets are closed on Monday in the United States because of the Labor Day holiday, so we will be back, as previously promised, we'll be back on Tuesday, September 8th. So, until then, have a great weekend. Hope you can relax a little bit. Check out some of the other podcasts I mentioned. And as always, people on the program, in this case me, may have interest in the stocks talked about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this surprise edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs>